Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spinning Thoughts Podcast. I'm so happy you're here joining us yet again. This is episode 36. They just keep growing and growing. And every time I say it, but I really do mean it, guys, I just keep getting more and more excited about the artists that we're talking to. And this episode is definitely one that we are pumped about. But before we dive into that, everybody help me in welcoming my best dude, Mr. Brandon Robertson. What's up, bro? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, man? You feeling okay? We were expecting some snow in Pittsburgh. We didn't really get it. It's cold as hell. And the snow's starting to come a little bit right now. But you doing okay? Me? I'm fine. Yeah, I woke up this morning. I I looked out the window. Uh, My wife working from home today. She's, you know, everybody's planned on this big storm here in Pittsburgh. Nothing, dude. We didn't have one snowflake, I don't think, all night. Nothing for us, but it is definitely, definitely a real thing a little bit more up north. So, And we'll we'll actually kind of touch on that here uh, as we dive in a little bit deeper. So, Brandon, um, what I want to do right now for everybody, they're not here necessarily to hear us. They're here for one reason and one reason alone. So, everybody, please help us in welcoming Matt from A Will Away. Matt, what's up, brother? Yo, Matt. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. Absolutely, dude. Now, you know, we were just talking about the weather between Brandon and I. Uh, I think the weather's affecting you a little bit more than it's uh, doing us here in Pittsburgh. You guys okay uh, in Baltimore right now? Yeah, we're good. We're uh, we're snowed in a little bit. We uh, played in Baltimore last night and unfortunately had to cancel our Boston and Montreal dates with uh, Moose Blood and Trophy Eyes in Boston Manor. Uh, for the next, you know, couple of days, just because of the uh, the giant snowstorm, we got we got hit pretty hard on the east coast. Right, right, and uh, that's a good point. So, you know, Matt, what we wanted to talk about here at the beginning of the podcast is what you just referenced. So, the band A Will Away is on a nationwide tour right now with Moose Blood, Trophy Eyes, and Boston Manor. Uh, the tour kicked off uh, on March third. That was the same day your debut full length album here again dropped, and we're going to talk about that album here shortly but the tour rides all the way through the month of march um so really exciting tour there you you mentioned that there's a few dates that you got to cancel due to the weather um which i think i think that's understandable the most important thing to ensure is the safety of the band and, and even more so the fans what is the game plan for those cities are you planning on going back there is there refunds what's happening with that uh, I know that the Montreal tickets are all being refunded. Uh, as far as the Boston date, it's been rescheduled to the end of July, uh, I think the 26th. Um, and as far as details go with, uh, you know, a lot of the bands being from overseas, um, we're, we're trying to sort of sort out the logistics of whether or not we're going to be able to have the whole package on there. Yeah, understandable. And no band. I don't think any fan of your guys or any anyone else on the bill uh, maybe disappointed. Yeah, of course they want to see it, but I, I think everyone's got to understand no band wants to cancel a single day. You know what I mean? These tours take yeah. a shit ton of effort to create. Every date is in there for a reason, and and that's why you jam, dude. You want to play for your fans. So uh, just stay patient in those cities. Keep an eye out for some updates, and, and you'll be seeing a will away soon enough. So, Matt, how has the tour been so far? You're a couple weeks in. Yeah, the tour's been great. Um, we started a little bit earlier than the tour actually started because we're from Connecticut, so we had the tour out to L.A. to meet up with the tour package and oh, start the okay. tour out there. Um, and, you know, we additionally need to tour on our way back um, to, you know, get home. So we're we're in, you know, we're in the middle of a decently long haul, but uh, everything's been great. The tour's been a, a blast. The bands have all been incredibly fun to hang out with and just uh, – you know, a great time to get to know, and and frankly, the, the whole tour package is really talented, and I think that you know you see it, you see it in the fans' reaction to the entire tour package. It's just uh, they feel like they got their money's worth out of it, and and, and we feel really good about that. That that's good, man. Uh, how many dates have you played so far? Um, geez, uh, <laughs> asking a tough question. And I don't know. It's still early, well, you know. They know. they just it, drove overnight, Brandon. I know, but it, it's it's had a crazy me, night at least. It's leading me to ask, what's been your favorite city to play in so far? That's maybe easier. I think my favorite, yeah, I think my favorite city's been Brooklyn so far. That was an absolutely awesome show. Brandon's um, a I big fan of of New York. What what is what's what was so amazing about Brooklyn for you? I think we just had a really great audience. The sound was excellent. Just the uh, the entire environment and the vibe was was really good. Um, you know, there were there was a little bit of mix up with the venue. I guess uh, 
I guess some people were turned away at the door for not having, you know, state issued IDs that proved that they were over 16 years old. So that was wow. a really big bummer for, for some of the kids who came out to the show. Is that a New York uh, thing? Because I've never heard of that here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but again, you know, that was sort of the only negative of the night and, and the rest of the night. Uh, it just it was it was fantastic. I think we just had a really great time and the audience seemed to uh, really reciprocate the energy in the room. They Hell like yeah. rock in New York, man. I mean, I know they, you know, New York's the birthplace of hip hop or whatever, but they do love rock and roll in New York. They still, do love you know? rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so, y- again, you, you're on a very healthy tour here for the month of March. Um, you've played some dates. There's still a ton more to come, Matt. Um, overall, though, do you have a favorite city that you enjoy to play in over others for any particular reason? Is there just one city that really loves a will away or just a city you love to go to? I mean, we've got a lot of them. There's a, uh, I I think you can always tell, like, especially just like with morale in the van and everything, when we're in a cluster of shows and markets, you know, where we do well and where, uh, you know, we've, we've toured a lot, uh, specifically in the Northeast and the Midwest, um, like, Orlando is a great place for us as well. Um, California has been very kind to us. Uh, and so like there are these, there are these pockets of markets where we've, you know, hit a lot of times and, and they're always a really great time. I mean, Columbus is fantastic and New York is fantastic. Yeah. Columbus's music Northern scene right Jersey. now is pretty badass, And, and I can see why California is digging on a will away. Your, your sound and your vibe seems really Californian. Yeah, it seems to it seems to resonate over there equally as well. But I do think it, you know, has its own little East Coast thing happening. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you definitely incorporate that, you know, that Northeast sound that's that's extremely vibrant right now. Um, what's your favorite thing about touring, Matt, or least favorite thing? There's got to be some some good and bad to it, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good and bad. My favorite thing about touring, I think, is just actually getting the opportunity to talk to the people who are listening to our music. Like, we spend a lot of time at our merch table after after shows, just to just to talk with everybody and get to know people. Um, it's I, I think I think it's really interesting and really awesome that we've gotten the you know sort of um, our fan base has always seemed to feel very comfortable interacting with us, and that's that's something I I'm really happy about. Um, my least favorite thing about touring, uh, my back is killing me <laughs> from, from sleeping in weird positions yeah. and just like not uh, always on stable surfaces. Like we, we crash in the most comfortable places we can all the time, but after, you know, after a good amount of time, you start to feel it, you start to feel it, your joints get a little achy and your back gets a little achy. And, uh, Who doesn't you know, love driving in a van for 16 hours uh, at a time? That's awesome. Oh yeah, exactly. You're sitting there <laughs> for you know days. It's just uh, it's it's hell on your lower back. Well, Matt, uh, what I love about talking to a band on tour are are these stories. I know you've got tour stories. They're different from band to band. So, what are some interesting tour stories you have for the listeners? Um, we always like to tell Johnny, our bassist, is a sleepwalker. He's just like he's just always for some reason always been a sleepwalker. And uh, and it gets him into some really funny situations sometimes. <laughs> uh, and uh, this, uh, very recently on this tour, so there was there was a friend of ours who had driven out um, to California with us from our hometown uh, because he he you know was moving to California and wanted to caravan with us so that you know we could sort of help him on his way out there. He'd never done the cross country drive before, um, and so he was tailing us in his car. And we had played our Columbus show and we were staying with a friend who had moved to uh, an area a couple of blocks away from where they used to live. So it was this unfamiliar area. Um, And apparently Johnny slept walked uh, because he fell asleep in the van, um, slept walked out into the neighborhood because he was looking (laughs) for the house and uh, realized that he didn't know where the house was. So he was like, "Okay, I'm going to. I don't know what I don't know what a sleepwalker's thought process is, but he at some point decided he was going to turn around and head back to the van, but couldn't find the van, and so he decided he was going to sleep in our friend's car, which was uh, parked very near the van. Um, and then he woke up in the morning and realized that he was not in our friend's car; he was in a stranger's car. <laughs> what you guys uh, need to start doing with him is getting him like into the the back seat area of the van and put on like the child lock so he can't open up the goddamn door. 
You, we we got to keep I know, some, some tabs on. We've got an old van. We don't have child locks. We don't have child locks. <laughs> we, we ride in a 1988. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's funny. So every now we we put a tracker in his wallet now. <laughs> Do so you really? If he, if he, yeah, if he ever wants. Shut up. Now, we, we have we got tabs on him. <laughs> You gotta love technology. What would a band do in this situation if it wasn't? Oh, I can't. I do. I don't know. I don't know what people did. I don't know what bands did before before technology. Seriously, it is it, it all all across the the spectrum for music and bands. Really, technology has changed the game immensely. Um. So, Matt, uh, another really the, probably the 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 pivotal reason why we have you on the pod, um, is we want to talk about. This this brand new debut full length album that just dropped on March third, if I'm not mistaken, called Here Again. Now, before we talk about it, I do want to say this: I love giving my opinion, good or bad, about the music that we're listening to. And, yeah, I'm sure and I really, everybody else loves it too, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really want to say this: it, this album is so far of 2017 my absolute favorite that that's dropped and there's been some good music that's come out so far the menzingers are a band that i really like they had an album come out that i really dug uh but you guys slammed this one dude congratulations on a badass album how's it feel now that the album finally dropped uh it feels pretty crazy it's interesting for us we've had the record done for or at least our portion of the record, having it recorded and mixed and whatnot um, for a little over a year. Wow. And uh, and so we've been waiting to release it, and it's, it's, it's now very interesting to go out and play songs that we've now been playing for two years that nobody's heard yet and uh, nobody's heard live yet. And I think it's like this really cool thing. Uh, it, it, the response has been completely overwhelming. Um, we're, we're like totally floored at, at the reaction to the record and we're just sort of um we're just sort of taking it one day at a time you yeah, know you got and, to. And interacting with everybody who's uh who's responding to it and and just sort of trying to you know say our thank yous and 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 do our best to push the record in, in the way that we think it deserves to be pushed. Of course you guys have fans that are, you know, creating a buzz, but there's also like some pretty uh, stellar bands that are talking about this album. Some, some well-known, you know, nationwide style bands that are chatting up uh, about here again from a will away. So um, we're going to talk more about the album right now, but if you haven't listened to it, shame on you. Of course, you probably have, so just keep jamming it. It, it, it seriously is amazing. Um, where did you guys head off to record it? Uh, we recorded it up in Danvers, Massachusetts, uh, with Gary Chaffee, who um, handled all of Transit's recordings, as well as a few others. Um, yeah. we, we had worked with him on Bliss, our EP, uh, and we just really, really dug the sound that we got out of that studio. And... Uh, when we went back, we had a we had a much clearer idea of how we wanted to use the space and how we wanted to use you know the resources that were in the studio, and I think we really took full advantage of it. Well, talk to us about the creative mind frame or the the creative process behind this album. Um, the whole so the the record is a is an extension on Bliss, the EP that we wrote, um, which was about finding comfort in the pointlessness of life, right? And uh, and it was sort of this you know, cathartic sort of pseudo nihilistic perspective on life and um, sort of just reflective of what we were going through at the time. And I think we sort of realized that that wasn't a very healthy headspace to live with. And, uh, yeah. and especially like when you're writing songs, you're, you're sort of reinforcing your own feelings and you're reinforcing your own ideas back to yourself by sort of putting them down and also getting them out. And, uh, and, and I think, when we wrote here again, we sort of wanted to, we, we kind of wanted to positively move ourselves in a better direction, in a better headspace. And we wanted to write about sort of um, coming back to the reality of the human experience and not being quite so heady and being a little bit more focused and present and aware and, you know, understanding that even if you're somebody who thinks that, you know, nothing in the world matters because you know, for all the typical nihilistic reasons that people think nothing matters, um, it, you can sort of define your own position in the world and you can define your own reality and, and your decisions do have weight, you know? 
Why? I think. Um, go ahead. Oh yeah, go ahead. So my question is this: um, You know, Brandon and I are obviously fans of music. We play in bands and whatnot, so we we get into the creative process as well. But from our experience of talking to bands about kind of the mentality behind, you know, their approach to creating music, you it seems that a will away at least with bliss and now here again, there is specific like meaning or theme behind it. Why do you take that approach versus just making music? There's nothing wrong with either or Uh, there's a full spectrum of why bands do what they do. Why do you do what you do? Is there something that, that drives you to, to take this approach at least for right now? Um, I think for a couple of reasons, um, we write our music the way we write it. Um, kind of based on a very specific design philosophy. Just we we know the type of people that we want to be. I think that like I think that people who stand in front of microphones have an obligation to do something worthwhile. And yep. if that's you know strictly entertainment, then it's strictly entertainment. Um, but if I have the opportunity to say something. I'm going to say something that I think is worthwhile. Uh, if if I'm going to be writing, I'm going to be, you know, putting absolutely everything that I have into writing. Um, because I do think that there are some um, just aspects of the human experience that aren't talked a lot about in, in music. And uh, uh, sometimes because they're unpleasant, sometimes because they're um, difficult to write about in a concise fashion, you know, in a three minute song, it's pretty hard to talk about <laughs> the craziness of human existence on the planet earth. But like, I think it's something that we strive to try and do. And, and for a lot of reasons we do it for ourselves. Um, because these are, you know, to a certain extent, it is a catharsis. It is, um, it is a therapy for us. And I think, um, we, we do think that we've come to, pretty good conclusions with our with our ideas when we write together and uh we want to share those conclusions with people as far as the the, you know the the sound styling that we choose to go with um it's often you know really really heavily leaned on um american rock music uh we we think that you know uh as a as a part of american culture we rock music is really fundamental and it's something that's been fundamental to our lives and we see it sort of fading into the background of a lot of mainstream culture and yep. it's a it's a it's a torch we want to carry it's something that we want to uh that we want to really reiterate still has value it sounds like you're you're really in in touch with that aspect of of what you do and how you do it and why you do it so what is your favorite track off this new album whether it be my favorite a, a favorite you, <laughs> my know, favorite that, you know that you're most proud of or you know something yeah, I, I've got a couple of like, you know, uh, favorites for a couple of different reasons. I bet if I, you know, if I have to pick absolute favorites, uh, Crochet is definitely my number one favorite song I've ever written, hands down. Nice. Um, uh, <laughs> Trophy Eyes is walking past me right now. Um, we're crashing in the same spot. Oh, nice. Uh, cro- <laughs> yeah, Crochet is... Um, Definitely my favorite on the record, favorite song we've ever written, hands down. Um, but Gravity is my favorite to play live. Yeah. Um, and I think Gravity is also one of my favorite songs that I've ever written lyrically. Um, I think it says everything that it needs to say in a really, really concise fashion and with a lot of force. Uh, and then Well Adjusted, uh, I think, is just my favorite storytelling song that I've ever written because it was a, it was a very, very specific uh series of incidents that I decided to write about that sort of coincided. Um, and, and I think I just like the way I put that together. How does the band approach, you kind of touched on it, like you mentioned, like you're, you're writing some of these lyrics and whatnot. How does the band approach the writing process? Is it collaborative? Is there someone who really takes control? What's the dynamic? Um, it's, it's, a very very collective effort and it's uh it's interesting because we 
sometimes I'll bring something to the table or Colin, our guitarist will bring something to the table or Johnny will have a little bass riff that, uh, you know, he's just plucking on at practice for a few days and, and it catches one of our ears. And, um, you know, oftentimes we'll, we'll start to work on songs in pairs because, you know, I'll play something that Colin really likes and he'll write something to it. Or I'll play something that Sean really likes and he'll write something to it. And then we sort of work on the idea over time and turn it into something that we can sort of all collectively collaborate on and uh, and be comfortable with. And it's um, everything for us is about vibe and feel. And so, like, we don't write a song in its entirety on an acoustic guitar or write a song in its entirety, you know, just with a guitar and a vocal because we want everything to sort of feel like it was written at the same time. We yeah. want everything to feel like it was organic and put together collectively as a, as a feeling. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, the best way to do that is to actually sit down in the room and play until it feels right. So what were some of the highs and lows during the recording process? If, if any at all, um, the the highs were that we you know got it done in a time frame that we were <laughs> that we were comfortable with, yeah. uh, which is difficult when you're trying yeah. to put together a 13 song record, uh, especially like you know we were we were very very particular about the tones and very particular about um, the phrasings of everything and and just wanted to make sure that everything was recorded in a legitimate organic fashion. Like it's, uh, we did a lot of live tracking for the record. We Very cool. um, did a lot of, you know, picking and selecting amps for specific parts and tracking and retracking specific parts, um, to, to really bring out specific, you know, sounds and ideas. Um, but you know, the lows in all of that were, it was incredibly stressful and there is a certain amount of pressure, um, when you're trying to not only follow up and hopefully top your previous work, but yeah. um, when you're also very new to this portion of the industry and, you know, to wider releases uh, under a, under a record label and you, you want to make sure that, you know, this effort isn't going to be your last effort. And you guys are now with, uh, and I'm going off of memory. I don't have it written down, but I want to say triple crown records, right? Yeah, yeah, and, we're and, Triple Crown. And you guys re-released Bliss through Triple Crown. Um we did. and and so this is like the real first, you know, organic release through Triple Crown then, right? Yeah, exactly. How and what's the experience been like being signed, going through a label? Has that affected anything that you guys do? I mean, it's affected everything that we do, but um, it hasn't affected the music in any way. Yeah. I, I think that one of the best things about working with Triple Crown is that Fred uh, hears he hears what's in the music, and he's really, uh, you know, he's got a great ear, and he's he's very comfortable letting artists do what they need to do, and uh, and he's got a lot of trust in that. And I think, um, you know, we appreciate the hell out of that. And it's just been it's been wild. I think we we did a good job of managing our own stuff while we were a DIY band for a long time. And uh, it's just been interesting sort of adjusting to the change of people taking over more of that workload and just sort of having faith that they're going to do their jobs well and having faith that everybody has everybody's best interest at heart. And, you know, over time you get to know these people and and it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a really rewarding experience. I think, um, Every, it's amazing. It's kind of like one of those it takes a village type ideas yep. where um, you have a lot of people working on a lot of different problems for a singular common goal, and it's pretty cool. Do you have complete creative freedom with this label, or, or are there any sort of restrictions that they put on you as far as the creative aspect of making the music itself? No, I mean, as far as uh, as far as we've experienced complete creative freedom, <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't. Nobody's. Uh, Nobody's really telling us what to write. Right now, you didn't they're... get done with the album, and they're like, "Oh, yo, Matt, listen to this, dude. <laughs> we don't really like this, dude. Could you do this, no, maybe?" No, or... no I think. Look, you like you kind of mentioned. This is, dare I say, almost like an extension from from the EP Bliss, and 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 that was, you know, all the band A Will Away has been DIY since the beginning so i'm not seeing any change it's nice to get the support that that's been earned and deserved uh so congrats on you know triple crown 
uh, and and obviously the debut full length here again. Now, Matt, what we want to do is we want to play the track, the title track here again in its entirety Great. for everybody to uh, kind of dig on here with the podcast going. You cool with that? Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. Brandon, I know you've been jamming it. I can't get it out of my head. We actually used it uh, in a video to promote this episode. So everybody, please enjoy the title track off the debut full-length album here again by A Will Away. I sat on your car and painted the hood again This isn't your fault, but who's gonna pay for it? I see from your face that things should be different We've always been good, but we'll never be here again So you just finished listening to here again, the title track off the debut full length album from a will away. As I mentioned earlier, it is one of my, it is my favorite album of 2017 so far. So we all hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Matt, before we move on, since we just listened to here again, the title track, can you give us any insight to this particular track? Anything uh, worth noting about it? Um, yeah, I mean, here again is the foundation of the sort of thematic part of the record. Um, the the idea that we'll never be here again is sort of a an extension on the belief that um, over time, as as you get older and as you experience life and as things happen to you um, and happen to the people around you and happen to the things around you, you sort of um, you sort of start to look at. Um, how cyclical life is, how repeating circumstances and things that you take for granted, um, like, you know, the people that you see every day or the places that you visit every day, um, become habitual and things that you don't think about, um, until they're not there anymore. Uh, and I think we, we experience that a lot, uh, while we're touring and we experience it a lot in our own lives, um, that a lot of the places that we return to by habit change over time. And, uh, and so do we. I'll tell you what, Matt, you make our job so easy here at the podcast um, because like your answers are fucking phenomenal. And, um, you know, I'm just like able to sit back. It's right now while we're recording, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sipping on whiskey. I don't care. I'm just sitting back. I'm enjoying the conversation (laughs) and you're making it too easy for me. So I appreciate it. Um, Loving. I'm glad I can help. Yeah, dude, this is what it's all about. Loving uh, all the answers here for you. Now, uh, we talked a little bit earlier uh, at the beginning of the pod, actually, about this crazy healthy tour the band is on right now with Moose Blood and Company. Um, what I want to know, 
is after this tour, you know, you just had the debut full-length drop at the beginning of March. You're on this amazing tour for the f- entire month of March. Um, what what kind of tour plans does the band have for the rest of 2017? Are there any? There are. We have uh, we have several tour plans that we are not allowed to talk about yet. But, uh, you know, uh, we will, son we, of a we bitch. We will be ah. all over. <laughs> we Matt, will be all over. Matt, I find myself asking questions at times that bands can't answer. Uh, one of these times, I'm going to find the equal equal medium there where where I'm not putting you into that position. But I'll, <laughs> I'll commend you, though. Um, y- you didn't slip. Um, I would have cut it out anyway, so you didn't get in any trouble. So um, everybody, keep keep your eyes and ears open. Um, there are some tour plans coming then from A Will Away. We just don't know yet. Um, now, I don't know if this will warrant the same kind of uh, response, Matt. But are you going to be playing on any festivals or anything like that this year? Also cannot comment. Son of a bitch, Matt. <laughs> God damn it, yeah, man. Our booking, our booking schedule is uh, is always constantly in flux. So, Dude, you were just uh, saying how easy get, he made our job. To go so ahead, to <laughs> I was just giving you a compliment about how easy, how easy you you're making things for these me. Questions. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I failed you. It's all right. All right. So, you know, here's the thing. Um, It sounds like good news. It sounds like maybe yes or no. You guys are going to be busy in 2017 for the remainder. No doubt. There yeah, we go. Yeah, right. we're not. We're not really sitting down for long. There we go. All okay, right. So, so this is an open wound with the touring. Let's move away. What do you like to do when you're not touring? Oh, man. I mean, I like to play with my dog. I spend most of my time at home. Uh, I work from home. And I also like, you know, we all work uh, just, you know calm easy low stress jobs as much as possible uh we get a lot of excitement when we're on the road and i think uh we just sort of like to you know the place we live is is quiet and and pretty chill what kind Um, of dog do you have we sort of just like to kick back oh i've got a i've got a pit bull mix rescue he's a boxer lab mix nice uh, with a little bit of pit in him yeah he's, he's adorable what's his name Odie. Odie. I've got I've got two pups myself, so does Brandon. My, I have a German Shepherd and a Husky. They're called Lennon and Yoko. So I'm a big fan of the <laughs> Who. Um, <laughs> yeah, clearly the Who. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, big fans of dogs here at the Spinning Thoughts Podcast. So um, anything else that you, you kind of dive into? Is there really a lot of downtime, though, for you guys? I mean, how much downtime do you think you get? I mean, it depends. From for the last, you know, prior to last year, we were on the road for 150 plus 180 days a year, wow. um, just doing DIY touring. So we didn't get a lot of downtime then. Um, while we the year that we took to to write the record and and wait for the right tour to get it out with and set up the marketing for it, um, we had quite a bit of downtime. So. It was nice, actually. It was kind of a, it was a kind of a little bit of a reprieve, a calm before the storm, if you will. And as far as we know, right now you're not going on tour or playing any festivals in 2017. So it sounds like you got a lot of fucking yeah, downtime for me, man. As far as we know, right now. <laughs> Which will change very shortly, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So Matt, a lot of people would love to be doing what you and A Will Away is doing right now, releasing killer new music, touring the country. Um, when you were a kid. What did you want to be when you grew up? Was it this or, or was it something yeah. like I wanted, he wanted to, be, to be a roadie? He wanted, I wanted to carry to, equipment. I wanted to be a garbage man or a bus driver. I was really shooting for the stars. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, Matt, what, what the hell did you want to do? I, I wanted to do this. I mean, I think uh, it was funny. I All of us sort of had a very early childhood love affair with rock and roll. And like our parents were always like, type of people who would spin classic vinyl for us and show us old videos of the who and you know elton john and the stones and stuff and i think it's just sort of like ingrained in us uh and and we all live very very close to one another like we're we're all sort of born and raised within a mile radius of one another um so it was it was an interesting thing when we all got together and started playing and started figuring out you know our mutual music interest towards the end of high school it was just sort of like yeah no i actually think that we could do this you know like i actually think we have a group of people here who might be able to get this done and it's like a thing that we've all wanted to do for a very long time now as far as your love affair with rock and roll what was the first album you ever remember listening to Oh man, I don't know what the first album I ever listened to was, but oh, one dude, of the first Kiss Alive Two did. for me. Oh, what was it, Brandon? Kiss Alive uh, Two. Oh, okay, dude. Got oh man, I love like, that. I can't to even this imagine, day, I love it. 
Yeah, I can't even imagine like how young I was when I heard the first record I ever heard. But yeah. I have a very, very distinct memory of uh, of Sgt. Pepper's yeah. being a very, very influential childhood record for me. When I was growing up, my mom uh, didn't work. Like, she stayed at home with us, and my dad worked. So I listened to country music when I was home. And uh, my dad, when I, I think it was my seventh birthday, bought me a Boombox and Kiss record. And that was kind of my introduction, you know what I mean? No more country. After that, it was, fuck, <laughs> fuck George Strait, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad that that happened, or else maybe you wouldn't be co-hosting this podcast. Who knows? I'd be on a country podcast somewhere. Uh, dude, who True. knows? <laughs> um, so, Matt, uh, kind of on that topic that Brandon brought up about maybe early um, age musical influence, um, I really like to ask this question just because I'm curious to find either new music or to find inspiration behind music I've already been listening to. Are there any artists you would recommend to your fans or to us here at the podcast to check out? I mean, I don't know, you know, the people I would recommend to you necessarily need the extra push, but I would definitely <laughs> say that, uh, I would definitely say that like American football's record that they released this past year was my yep. favorite release of the year. Nice. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal in every regard. And I think it just gets better with every listen. Um, I'm really a huge fan of like the new microwave record, um, the new all get out, um, there's a lot of just really good alternative rock music being made. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think people are starting to sort of really diversify their sounds in, a, in an interesting way. Um, and I, but I'm still, you know, one of those people who goes back to the classics and listens to, you know, Zeppelin and Pink Floyd on most occasions. And, uh, you know, it's always pretty quick to jump to even something like, you know, mid nineties old pop. Yeah. So it's a, uh, I, I can recommend. I, I can sit here for probably an hour and <laughs> right. talk to you about what I think you should listen to. And we are too far into the podcast at this point to spend that kind of time. Yeah, um, too far gone. <laughs> um, but you're talking to similar minds here, Matt. We're kind. Of, I think Brandon and I are on the same page with you with all that. There's no doubt. Um, now this episode right now that everyone's listening to is is dropping on March the 15th. So you're hearing this at least on March one five. However, at the time of this interview. Brandon, myself, and Matt, we're talking on March 14. That's also Pi Day. For those who don't know, that's uh, 3.14. So uh, I, I feel like I just would get shit if I didn't bring this into uh, my interview on Pi Day. Matt, what, what kind of uh, pie is your favorite? I'm an apple pie kind of guy, man. All American. Man, that's America. <laughs> now, do you also prefer the ice cream with it or just straight up apple pie? I'm more of a whipped cream and apple pie. Or cool Whip is also a pretty excellent side for cool apple whip. pie, I believe. Cool Whip, yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool Whip. whip. <laughs> um. So now we're, now we're talking opposite. We're, we're going pizza pie. What's your favorite topping on that? Oh, man. I can do uh, – yeah, I like. I love jalapenos, chicken, and bacon. Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. And then you dip it in ranch. Oh, no. Dude, ranch is a necessity for I'm not for a ranch pizza. guy. I know Angelo's <sighs> not. I am not a ranch guy. I you're, either, eating... you're either a ranch person or you're not a right. ranch person. There's yeah, no gray area. I agree. I think all pizza should have ranch. I, I, I just don't know. I'd rather have a really stellar like garlic dipping sauce to like just really fucking jam on my buds. Also you know what I mean? a solid option. You're right, right. Um, now, pizza is one of my favorite food. I'm, I'm Italian, so yeah, anything that's got red sauce on it, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into. But um, what's the best pizza place? In your opinion, now that could either be something hometown for you, or you've you've seen more of the country than I probably have. Is there any place, any pizza joint that really stands out to you? Oh, jeez. Um, there have say, been several. Tell, tell me, tell this, me you Matt. went to Grimaldi's when you were in Brooklyn. No, we didn't. We oh, didn't. We, oh God! By the time we were in Brooklyn, I think we had pizza seven days in a row. <laughs> oh, so I guess it wasn't. You know, wasn't. No, as no. Good. It, was, it was just not on my. I think I ate Chinese food that day. <laughs> you had to go polar opposite. Understandable. Now, before yeah. you answer that question, if you can answer it, I want to tell you, Brandon knows this. I'm not. A, I'm not ashamed to say this. And, and Matt, I'm curious you maybe to get your opinion on it. Uh, my favorite pizza. Seriously, my favorite pizza in the world. And it is if I was on like my deathbed or like on death row and I got one last meal, this is what I would have. It would be 
a hot and ready from Little Caesars. Um, Dude, I don't, not a chip. I, I was literally going to say Little Caesars is honestly probably my go-to in most. Yes! Cases, no yeah, way! It's like... <laughs> God, do you guys you not have I mean? taste buds? Like, I love a good gourmet slice of pie, but at the same time, I can spend five bucks, get a whole pizza, and it tastes just like I put it or pulled it out of my own oven, which is fine enough for me. Dude, uh. dude, Matt, I honest to God, love you right now. I mean, I get shit. <laughs> I get so much shit about Little Caesars. It's my fucking favorite. I'd much rather spend five bucks on a fucking frozen pizza than eat Little Caesars. Little Caesars is a cardboard, I mean, man. it's literally the same thing. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Um. So... If it's not Little Caesars or somewhere, is there a particular pizza joint that stands out? I mean, there's been a couple. There's, but I gotta say, uh, and I don't even know the name of the place, but it was in Baltimore. This was like two or three, two or three tours ago when we came here. We crashed with our buddy um, just outside of Baltimore in one of the suburbs, and he went and grabbed this local pizza joint. Uh, and I, I have no idea what it was called, but they had the most unbelievable pizza I've ever had in my entire life. Like it was. Um, it was like eating Domino's without the like sketchy chemical aftertaste. It was amazing. <laughs> Very specific. For any of our Baltimore uh, fans and listeners, if you're hearing this right now. If anybody now, can find that yeah, place. Yeah. Tweet at a will away or at spin thoughts pod. Let us know what it is. And, and we will get our hands on some of that Zaza as I like to call and it. And you're in Baltimore now. <laughs> get it before you go. Are they delivering in the storm? What are they doing? Well, he doesn't know the goddamn name, but we're going to find know the out. Name of the place. I could <laughs> probably find out. Yeah. Find out. Get it. Um, all right, so final question on Pi Day here. Uh, maybe we're spending too much time on it. I don't know. But um, <laughs> are you a deep dish kind of guy or thin and crispy? Totally depends on the day. I'm, I can go both ways. Okay. All right. I thought you might lean towards thin and crispy considering the proximity to your the New East York. Coast. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I love a good thin crust, but at the same time, I, want, I also like that doughy mess. I would prefer something kind of in between. I'm not a huge fan of like super, like Chicago, like legit Chicago deep yeah, dish. Yeah. You just um, like a pan pizza or something? Yeah. Like thicker crust, you, not basically super Basically, Little Caesars is where, is where, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> where God, I'm heading on this. Um, all right. So uh, I'm sure everybody really enjoyed the pie day segment. Thanks for participating, Matt. Now, um, we're kind of winding down towards the end here, um, but I'm really excited to, to do this next segment with you. It's a newer segment. We've done it with only a select few bands to this date. Uh, it's called Fan Frenzy. So what we do, Matt, is prior to this recording of the interview, we go out on Twitter and we try to engage your fans and our listeners and encourage them to send us some questions for the band. We had a good amount of responses. We have enough time to, to ask you a few. So if you're down with it, Matt, we, we have a few fans that have some questions for you. You down? Cool, yeah, bring them on. All right, uh, Brandon, go ahead and take the first one. All right, so at a mid-G. Four E's at the end. Yeah, a midge, I think, maybe is what it is. Is it a midge? Something like that. Asked, what's your favorite lyric off this new album? Uh, I think my favorite lyric off this album is probably pay for the privilege of dying just like everybody else from Well Adjusted. Wow, yeah, you get you definitely have some really good lyrics. I actually see some a good amount of fan art that comes in from your fans, like with your yeah. lyrics. Uh, the gravity lyric is a good one. The um, the pay raise one um, is a fantastic one as well. But that's what you're that's what you dig the most. I mean, it's the one that I think is the uh, is the most immediately effective. It cannot be misconstrued. Yep. And that's a, uh, I, I appreciate that about it. I have, you know, I have a lot of lyrics on the record that I'm a huge fan of that I'm, I'm really proud of how they came together. But I mean, that one, I think just can't say anything else. It does speak for itself. Thank you. A midge with four E's, something like that. Um, all right. So the next uh, participant here on the fan frenzy segment, we've got, I, I actually spent a few seconds trying to figure out how to say this. Handle. I tried to, I don't even know how, so, you know, uh, I mean, I'm just, I know I'm going to screw it up. So I'm so sorry. Um, this is at S S we it's W I A T O W Y. Matt, do you know who that is? Or, or I, I don't know. I, I don't, it's okay. I don't. Um, so, you know, whatever. I tried my best. Um, he or she asked, <laughs> "Who is?" It's a, it's a she, by the way. But um, who is Caroline, or who is Caroline about? It's a little personal, but I'm just curious. 
Yeah, Caroline is a lot of people misconstrue that song. It's um Caroline is Caroline Kennedy. Um she's being used in the song as a metaphor for American culture. Oh, okay. That very interesting. Um I wouldn't have expected that. I can understand maybe why there's been some different avenues that people go oh, with. Oh, totally, that. yeah. I mean, it was it was sort of intentional right. misleading. It's sort of supposed to... Yeah, I was wondering you know, if it was the same Caroline that asked outcast. Say something in a way that's a little more digestible, like, you know? But Yeah, yeah no, fantastic. All right, cool. So thank you for the question. Um, we've got one more here that we really liked. Um, the questions that were presented. This individual asked... A ton of questions asked, actually, um, and, and a lot of really good ones. We picked two that that she wrote, and um, I felt she had to be put on the podcast because her Twitter handle actually has AWA in it, and, you know, <laughs> I don't know for a fact what it stands for. I'm just going to fucking guess and say it's a will away. So, Brandon, go ahead and read this one. Uh, t- tell them, Give the shout-out and read the question for Matt. You read the first. I'll, there's a second one I'll read. At Melina AWA, uh, she wants to know, out of all the songs on the album, why is Here Again also the name of the album? Um, because it's supposed to refer to, uh, it's sort of a double meaning. The um, the record Here Again is sort of, the title is saying, well, we're here, we're present, we're awake again, we're, you know, returning from that proverbial blissful weird headspace yeah. and uh and then at the same time it's also supposed to illustrate um the cyclical nature of life and that idea that you will never be where you are in the exact same circumstances ever again awesome i dig it now uh melina awa uh first of all i was looking at her twitter and her uh cover photo um i saw this uh this dude with a, a sweet pair of glasses and, and some nice long locks, and, and I'm assuming that that was you and the rest of the band. Uh, so Could she, have been. She's a big fan, apparently, and that's awesome. I am, too. Um, so she asked another really great question that I'm going to ask you. Now, Matt, I I actually really like this question. So do I. But I'm not going to lie. In the past, uh, when this podcast first started, it seems that some bands don't like to answer this question. So I stopped asking it. So I appreciate when fans in the fan frenzy segment ask it so I don't have to. Um, so I'm hoping you will um, elaborate okay. on this. Um, this this is, um, again, Melina at Melina AWA. She asks, this doesn't pertain to the record, but who came up with the name A Will Away and what made it the one? Um, I came up with it. Uh, it was, it sort of just ended up being the one because we wanted to pick a a name that was, um, representative, I guess, of our goal, which was just sort of to persevere under any circumstance. And then at the same time, we also wanted to pick something that wasn't inherently tied to any sort of sound or genre. I don't think when you hear that name, it really says anything about what we sound like yeah. um so it just sort of leaves it open to the imagination like you're never going to look at that and go oh yeah that's a hardcore band that's a good like, point that Matt. Go, oh, you, that's you know a really I mean? good point i've never heard it presented that way but you're right there there definitely are certain like band names that seem to uh, affiliate with a genre or at least maybe <laughs> you know subconsciously make you lean a certain way and that can almost turn right. somebody off yeah yeah so we just we sort of wanted to, you know, make it so nobody went in with any sort of preconceived notion for what we sound like. Awesome. I'm so glad Melina AWA asked the question so I didn't have to, and Matt was a good sport and answered it. So we dig it. Thanks, bro. Um, now, Matt, we're we're at the point here, um, and I say it often, but I mean it. it, it it's the end of the podcast, and uh, you guys got Aww. shit to do, and, and I don't, but you do, and so we got to let you do your thing. So, um Thank you for being here. Before we sign off, though, Matt, what else do you want to tell your fans and listeners? Or maybe better asked, what did Brandon and I miss or royally screw up? Anything? Nothing. I mean, I, <laughs> I definitely just want to say a gigantic, you know, resounding thank you to everybody who's listening and, and responding to the record. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. I think we're we're just, you know, endlessly grateful for the type of people who become our fans and friends uh and it's uh it's a really cool experience and, and we're looking forward to meeting all the rest of you if we haven't come to the city yet 
keep an eye out. There's still a ton of dates coming up on this tour with Moose Blood and company. Um, Matt, um, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Um, be safe. That is some intense noise in the background, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. No, somebody <laughs> shut off the fire alarm. I was going to say, is there a fire where you are? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Well, this will be the last we're time good. you hear from Matt from a will away. He's, uh, he's in a fire right now, but... Um, Matt, obviously we'll let you get going because you got to save your ass, but Hey, thank you for being here. Be safe on the rest of the tour. And, um, we really appreciate your time. Be good. My brother. We'll do our best, man. Thanks for having us. No doubt. Once again, we want to thank Matt from a will away for being with us here on the spinning thoughts podcast. Brandon, I'm looking for some insight, dude, the way that, that Matt talked about uh, the insight that he gave about his writing and about the lyrics and the album in general, fantastic. You made a point that he uh, made our job really easy. You weren't lying about that. He really did. A Will Away's debut full-length album here again just dropped on March the 3rd. They're on a very healthy tour with Moose Blood and Company, so check them out in a city near you. While you're doing so, check out the Spinning Thoughts podcast. We're on Twitter at Spin Thoughts Pod, Facebook, and SoundCloud. We encourage you, please... To subscribe to the podcast, it is free on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Our website is www.spinningthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. Signing off from the Spinning Thoughts Podcast, this is Angelo. And this is Brandon. We are leaving you from the Spinning Thoughts Podcast World Music Megaplex here at Evergreen Studios. Keep on rocking out with your peace out. Peace out.